If I start writing now, when I'm not really rested, it could upset my thinking, which is no good at all. I'll get a fresh start tomorrow, and it's not due till Wednesday, so I'll have all of Tuesday. Unless something should happen. Oh, why does this always happen? I should be outside playing, getting fresh air and sunshine. I work best under pressure, and there'll be lots of pressure if I wait till tomorrow. I should start writing now, but if I start writing now when I'm not really rested, it could upset my thinking, which is no good at all. Worry is a part of the human condition. Global warming, ISIS, war, shortage of natural resources, racism, other social ills, the economy, politics, whether or not we're going to have an honest president in the White House. Oh, wait, that's not going to happen. <laughs> then there are things a little closer to home. Family, relationships, weather, paying the mortgage, parenting, taxes, personal safety, how do my peers view me, and college preparations. Or, in the case of Charlie Brown, whether he should start writing his paper now. The list can go on and on. All these things occupy our time, energy, and focus. In our passage today, we'll discover that where focus lies determines whether or not we worry. In verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for you will love one and hate the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. This is very interesting. In this world, money is what keeps us going. If you have no money, you cannot get basic needs like a house or shelter or even food or clothes. So, in this sense, money equals security. This thinking is what enslaves us to money. In verses 19 and 20, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths cannot destroy and rust cannot destroy as well. And thieves cannot break in and steal. Here Matthew is telling us that money is not true security, Instead, it is a false sense of security. Many of us have a lot of things that we own and treasure and take care of. We spend our time fixing them up and preserving them, but we don't stop to think that nothing in this life can truly be preserved on earth. For when we die, all that will matter is our treasure in heaven. It's like this, for example. Every Christmas, most of us set up Christmas decorations. In my experience, people usually put a ton of effort in these decorations. We go out, try to find the perfect tree... We make a big day of it, we get the decorations out of the basement, we break our backs to make our house the perfect, perfect winter wonderland. But in a month or two, we just tear it all down. What is it for? We get a good feeling in the approval of others. And I will admit, it is really fun to have your house in the holiday spirit too. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to decorate, as long as you remember the true reason that you should be decorating. This life on earth is only temporary in preparing us for the real and eternal life in heaven with God. So there's no reason to worry about our worldly possessions. So spending our lives worrying about how we're going to secure our life on earth is foolish. We should be spending our time securing our treasure in heaven. This is all well and good. Now we know we shouldn't worry about money. But how do we actually do this? If you go and get rid of all of your money and belongings, you'll for certain have a life without burdens. But it could be a very short life. <laughs> There's a saying that everything you own also owns you. Let's say, for example... You buy this big property with a huge lawn. That'll be awesome. You have a big lawn in which you can have picnics, 
play sports with friends or family, or even have a huge family reunion, then the time comes when you have to mow it. And you wish you had less property to mow. This really takes up your time and money, because when you get a big lawn, you're probably going to want to buy a rideable lawnmower. When that breaks, you're going to have to buy the tools to fix it, then spend even more time that you could be spending doing something else. But instead, your number one priority becomes taking care of the mower so that you can take care of your lawn. This is the same thing that money does to our relationship with God. Surely it's not a bad thing to have a big lawn, or in this case, have a lot of money. But it only becomes a bad thing when it starts taking up your time with God. What does it look like to serve God as opposed to serving money? This is a tricky line to walk. Most of us can wholeheartedly say that we want to serve Jesus, yet we do worry, don't we? Material things, finances, feeding our family, college tuition even whether or not we have enough to go to the movies with our friends. Believe it or not, this is what serving money looks like. The word serve implies slavery, or being a slave. You cannot be owned by two masters. In this case, God and money. You must choose one. It's easy to say choose, but the needs and concerns that we face are very real. They're they're in our face daily. So, how do we put aside our concerns and fully serve God? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) In verses 25 and 27, it says, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday, everyday life, whether you have enough food to drink and enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? It's interesting that Matthew uses the birds as an example. If you look at the birds, you notice there's some pretty hard workers. They certainly hunt for their food, work hard to build their nests as shelter. Yet, even with all of that, they ultimately rely on God to provide, which he does. So, by saying, don't worry, God is not prohibiting work. He's not saying, sit back and do nothing, and I'll bring those provisions to you. But he is saying that we should not worry about those things. For if we are in need, and we lay all our troubles on him... He'll provide what we need, whether it be by a mysterious gift or by being offered a new job. God will provide for all of your needs. Your Heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? As we stated in the beginning, worry is part of being human. It comes with the job. Think about it. We worry about everything. We even, sometimes especially, worry about things that we cannot control, like whether it'll if it'll be good enough to do an outdoor activity, or if it'll be safe to travel. Where's the point in that? In verse 28 through 30, it says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Matthew uses the illustration of flowers for a reason. This is to show us that even the lilies, who have no control over what happens to them, for they cannot make shelter, they cannot go out and hunt for their own food, so they must have complete faith in God for all of their needs. At this point, you may think that Matthew is just repeating his ideas over and over again, but still after hearing it many times, I bet that most of us still worry about how we're going to fix our financial troubles, or if whether or not the weather will be good for an event, or about something else we cannot control. Why is this? 
I guess hearing an idea and agreeing intellectually is often easier said than done. So, in verses 31 through 33, Matthew goes on with his ideas of how not to worry one more time. He says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will I eat? What will I drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. But your heavenly Father knows all of your deeds. Seek the kingdom of heaven of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Much of the Bible is complex and you really need to dig into it to find the reason that God put it in there. This passage is pretty straightforward, yet we still have the tendency to worry daily. Our worries draw our focus away from God and toward these pointless thoughts. There's no reason to worry about your troubles for no matter what they are, if you seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, he will give you everything you need. After we realize all of this, Matthew leaves us with the perfect closer. Verse 34 says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles are enough for today. We know we can trust God. He's our Heavenly Father. Our earthly fathers are only human and tend to mess up from time to time, but we still love and trust them. God is our spiritual Father. He will never mess up. He loves you deeply and is able to provide for all of your needs. If we focus on him and his design for our life, there's no room for worry. Let me pray for you. Dear God, I pray that we can all learn to trust you fully and just lay our lives onto you and that you can free us from worry for no matter what it is that we know that you can provide. Amen.